in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Calvin. And one Hobbs. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Norman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 225. It's a nice round number. Eric? I don't, um, I don't think you can call odd numbers round. I mean, there are some odd numbers that are round. Threes are round. I think um, if anyone would like to would would like to be the new host of this, one of us is is quitting now. Uh, I don't know which one. I don't know if you remember the suicide pact we made when in the first episode of the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. No, I just formed a a, a limited li- uh, liability, so I, the 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 company is going to commit suicide, not me. Well, they are people. Mm. That is what I hear. Mm-hmm. That's what the Supreme Court decided. It is. So it's the, that's what we live. They decide physical law. It's true. Next month, they rule gravity does not exist. It's true. Gavel, gavel. <laughs> gavel, gavel. That's the noise that they make in the Supreme Court. And they hit things. It was like the Muppet Supreme Court. <laughs> they just yell gavel, gavel. I, I mean... I'd like a Muppet Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, the, the, you know, I'm not so hot on Muppet versions of anyone else. Fair enough. Hey, guys. We will be talking about Calvin and Hobbes later on in our book club. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Not just Calvin, not just Hobbes. Both Calvin and Hobbes. And the, the various other characters. Even. Mm-hmm. That's, what it's you, true. that's what you get here. The complete coverage. Talk about Uncle Max. I like Uncle Max. It's fine. He's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. He's nothing wrong with Uncle Max. But he's just fine. That's all he gets. I mean, what else does Uncle Max really need? He's got a mustache. I was going to say, up. I was going to say his mustache. Something. Uh, they they have to get, they get rid of him because, and, and this is a spoiler for later, which I was going to say later, they get rid of him because mom and dad don't have names and it's awkward having an adult around. Not being able to call them by their names. True facts. You think that's the only reason? He's just an awkward character. It didn't work for the story. That is one of the main reasons is he didn't want to. That is literally true. I read the annotated versions many years ago. Oh, okay. You think I'm just making shit up, boy? I know I, I, shit. I mean, it's not, it wouldn't you be the my first, house now. It wouldn't be the first time that you just made up a fact and then presented it to me, and then I took you at face value, and then sounded like an idiot. I well, I immediately walk it back. Like I don't just let let my intentional lies go on in perpetuity. Okay, that's real. That's that that's true. Unless I've misremembered it, <laughs> which is not impossible. Uh, that that's later on. We'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk. About. That's a preview of my in depth. Calvin and Hobbes knowledge. Yep. Only here. Calvin and Hobbesledge. Oh, no. Tribe. Oh, no. So I'm, I'm out. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> Fiery ruins of this podcast. 
<laughs> we're both quitting. This is amazing. <laughs> yep. Same time. It's all it took. We can uh, we can start the show with our first segment. Uh, it is time for Floppies Fortnightly. Floppies Fortnightly is a bar show where Eric and I will uh, read a selection of this past couple weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter. It goes from one to five. If we're feeling mushy, our first book this week is Heroes in Crisis 2. Written by Tom King, with art by Clayman and Travis Moore, colors by Tomomori and Arif Prianto, letters Clayton Cowles. Figured we'd keep going. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any peanut gallery shit about this book. There's less now. Yeah, I think that everyone just had to collectively piss themselves over the first issue. I I think this is mostly fine. The uh, the overly serious like comparisons to Identity Crisis, and I believe I kind of see it, but I also kind of like this. I will. I think that I think that the 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 problem for me with Identity Crisis is just that it was so clunky and bad, and I enjoy this more. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm not excited for it, and I'm going to stop caring about it when it's over. You like it, but you're not excited. Yeah, like I don't. I I do think it's interesting that they, um, for whatever reason, are making Harley Quinn like she's on on fucking Batman level now, which is I don't know. It's it's nice for her to be pushed into being a serious character. Mm-hmm. I I think that. Um, I don't know, given the number of people that are looking for, good, I don't, don't want to say role models, but like good female characters and to just have her be like, you know, a, a, a thrall of the Joker is just stupid and people are sick of it. So it's much more interesting this way. Yeah, I would say, yeah, this is, I yeah, their comparisons for Identity Crisis are right there, but this is mm-hmm. much better written already. Yeah. The yeah. identity crisis. I just don't like Meltzer in general. I, it's from reading Tom King's Twitter from time to time. It seems he loves uh, Brad Meltzer, but um, I, I think identity crisis is terrible. This is already much more interesting and much more nuanced than identity crisis ever is. Like in two issues, this is already, you know, doing things that identity crisis does, but better, like s- remarkably better. Just like mm. by strict, by craft standards, like the writing is deeper and more nuanced, and there is no moments of people's putting footsteps on brains. Well, it's a young series yet. That's very true. Like I, I believe I said in the first issue, you know, it's hard to I'm not going to weigh it out for the entire run. But so far, it's it has a relatively small cast. You know, it's not you know twelve, fourteen, twenty characters all like sprawling across the DC universe. I. I I think if anything, if this succeeds in just making Harley Harley a better, more a character that can function not just in comedy but also in like with serious tone as a real character, a good character as you said, that mm-hmm. it that is enough for me. Um, I like this. I like this too, and I'm. I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but I I want to know. Like I I don't know if it's necessarily like. The, I don't know if the inherent mystery of like who killed those heroes is the thing that is driving me forward. It's more about like, I'm curious about how this shakes out, like in a kind of academic sense, 
yeah it's pretty much where i am I'm like like i want to see it and dissect it but i i don't i i don't know i i um i feel like i've been beaten over the head with the same ideas over and over and it's just it's so boring but it's like I am only interested on that level of like, I've enjoyed Tom King work and I want to see him. I want to see where he's going. Yes. That's about all I got here. I mean, I, that is a step further than a lot of comic books, a lot of superhero comics for me at this point. You know, I, I, I want to see the ending. I want to see like how Mm -hmm. it's built. Like that's more than this is boring and I hate this and I don't want to read this ever again. Um, I do like the, I like the little confessional, pages i think those are neat you get you know i'm i'm they are leading to something and i'm interested in that i want to like i want to see where this goes uh i i'm a buy i think it look i always i the art looks nice as well i like clay man um i'm so i i like it enough to say i want to read more and i don't know how else to say that except buy um I don't know. Like, I don't have strong enough feelings for it that I can say buy, that I can recommend it to folks. Um, so I think I do, even though, like, I want to read it and I have a weird, like, kind of unsettling fascination with it. I don't think I'm all the way on buy. Although, I mean, maybe I could just say, just like go very mushy on it. I, and I don't think it's quality. It's just that I'm so anxious it's going to be bad. <laughs> well, that's every comic book. Uh, I mean, I'm scared to recommend this to people. I mean, I really am. Eh. I feel like it. I feel like it's going to spin out of control. And I don't know. I'm feeling burned by, um, you know, recent Tom King shenanigans. I feel like the bat letting. Yeah. I'm just I, I just feel like that whole Batman series has not been what I had hoped it was. And I I don't know. I think it's all I'm right. I'm more or less fine with it. So let I'll I'll just say I'll say two on the mush meter with a buy. OK, it seems like a a reasonable thing to do. OK, double buy here is in crisis number two with the mush meter of one. Our next book is Old Man Logan, number 50. Written by Ed Brisson, Art Ibrahim Roberson, and Neil Edwards. Colors Carlos Lopez. Letters Corey Pettit. Last Your nickname for it's number one. I, you know how many times I type number one for issues? I, I know. I read it quite often. So much. Um, this is the last issue of Old Man Logan, but not the last issue with Logan as this version of Logan, because there's a comic book coming out this month called Dead Man Logan. And he does kind of die in this. Spoiler. Yeah, sort of. Um, this is the end, the beginning of the end. I don't know what they're going to do with it. It's it's an odd pl- it's an odd thing, and it's not. I don't know why they've done this so much recently. I guess that having the young, the 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 original five, in the same time as the regular versions of themselves, mm-hmm. just open the door for this because immediately there's. Suddenly, every X-Men has two or three versions of themselves running around at the same time. And normally, I don't know, They maybe it's just because they could do it because they didn't, they were, they were maybe they didn't have Titus Reigns on the X-Men because they didn't have the film rights. 
So they were just like, eh, make the same character over and over again because those we can't create new IP yet. Wait until we own it again, then create new IP for it. I mean, that's that sounds exactly what a uh, an executive would say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is we we read the original the uh, the original story the 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 <laughs> the original old man Logan. That's so dumb mm-hmm. saying that. I feel dumb saying the original Old Man Logan. Everything about comics is dumb. It's that, fine. That's very true. And this is a, a type of send-off to it, at least this long, this present storyline with him, now that Wolverine is returning um, with his fire claws. Every time I, I think I think of that, I'm like, they have to be joking about that. They're going to, that's, then every time I see it, he's like, nope, still got those fire claws. Wolverine doesn't have a ridiculous enough power set as it is. Mm. He's got metal bones. He's immortal, basically. Mm-hmm. Has claws. Yep. And now he has fire claws. Um, what do you think about this here? I mean, it wasn't bad, but like, just like, why the fuck am I reading this with like old Hulk's weird harem and these yelly people in Canada? Like, I just. Okay. It's very it's an odd it's an odd jumping on point. Um, well, I mean it's not a jumping on point at all because it's No, ending. it's not. Yeah. It's it's it felt weird. Like I kept looking around for uh the the book that's supposed to come out later this month because I thought that's what you had intended to 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 go over. What made you pick this? Um one just uh, seeing the send off yeah just i we haven't read any old man logan since like issue five so it's been a long long uh, I was time just like, i can't well, believe there's been fucking 50 issues I, that's what I, that's part of it need to check i yeah. just check in on characters once in a while and this is the last issue see if anything momentous happens uh to see where it's at there's sparsity of other things i wanted to read this week or so whatever see where he's at i i i don't know this is it's fine. It feels very Walking Dead. This issue. Yeah, I mean, you're if the if the Hulk with antlers was in the Walking Dead, sure. I mean, he's just the governor. Except he's the yeah, Hulk. but that guy wasn't the Hulk. I, I clearly he was clearly black and white. This the Hulk is green. I hate you. Uh, but I mean, it's a lot of a lot of hate speech flying around. Sim- today. I mean, it's you know the small come town. back to you come back to the United States and immediately get salty. I swear to God, there's more salt in my diet now. It's true. But I had that I, low sodium poutine. I I I I have always appreciated the maestro ever since he first appeared. It it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting choice as a villain for Old Man Logan because the maestro is like the same kind of deal of like a old version of a mm-hmm. classic character that has changed that is somewhat different um than than this but I at, at the end of the day I just can't I can't care too much about Old Man Logan and I think that's ultimately what is it's just like I just can't care yeah, he's a He's a Wolverine B side. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what they I I just This woman is exactly Sarah Palin and I just <laughs> noticed that. Do, do, do I need to send you a screen cap no, of this? I, I see I see her. It's it is Sarah fucking Palin. Well, I didn't draw her. She can see Russia from her house. I mean they're in Canada. It's closer. Right? Sure. Sure. 
could see further when it's the air is cold. I I don't know. There's just there. It's I I I don't I. I think if you're invested in this character, I'm sure there's certainly people have been reading this entire time because they haven't canceled it till now or haven't ended yeah. it till now. So there's certainly people still interested in anything involving a Logan or Wolverine. They will buy it any any every single day of the week, I guess. But you know, Wolverine is practically the Batman of Marvel Comics. So to have 35 Wolverine comics is not surprising. No, it's not at all. I, I, I don't. It's just, it's not bad. I don't know what that means though, because that's all I got. It's like it's fine. I, I, for me, like I think, I don't know. Fine is always like, well, you know, I can spend my five dollars on something that's going to go a lot further. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, like I can pick up a new uh, manga or something for roughly the same amount mm-hmm. read it for a lot longer than this no I, I i i'm i think i'm 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 a polite no on this one a polite do not buy mm-hmm. i think i'll i'll agree with you i'm also a polite do not buy i think I have to you... re- politely refuse mama bear mm-hmm. uh so double do not buy old man logan number 50 next up is mars attacks number one written by kyle starks drawn by Chris Schweizer, coloring assistance by Liz Trice Schweizer, edited by Kevin Kettner. So Matt, so Matt, this is what this is where I'm at, Eric. No, I record I'm not, so many. I'm not I record so many goddamn podcasts in a week that I call people. I call him Eric. It happens. That's uh, that's funny. If you ever call me Paige or Megan nah. or Yusuf, no, nah, it's pretty. I never get Yusuf's name wrong because Yusuf no, is unmistakable. Yusuf is a, a, a force of fucking nature that man <laughs> he is so, i adore him so much so i i was you know i was looking at the comics we should read and i saw oh mars attacks number one i'm like oh another licensed dynamite book eh. and i looked a little closer at it and said oh written by kyle starks drawn mm-hmm. by chris schweizer both of whom i enjoy their work i was gonna say i didn't know you were even familiar with schweizer i i think i have or i do or have followed him on twitter or He's, somewhere He's a character. I mean, he lives in the the, the general area here and uh, goes to Heroes Con. And we, we, we tell Schweizer stories because he is a fucking character. But then I'm like, okay, so that makes – that meant like I, I guess it did the job because I went, this is Mars Attacks we're going to read. I'm gonna, we're going to check this out. Um, I really like this. Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, Kyle Starks is like – I think it's easy because he does a lot of really dumb, schlocky stuff. It's really easy to write him off, but he's got a lot of talent, you know? He's he's a a, a solid creator. This is this is well written, you know? The fact that we're diving in so hard to this um fairly compelling drama with this dude and his father, and then immediately like, hey, do you want to die? Yeah, the world's ending. There's comical monsters killing everyone. Mm-hmm. It it's I don't know. It really works with his dumb writing style. It 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 um, it, it, it very delicately dances on the razor's edge of tone. Mm-hmm. Yes, of taking these monster these these testicle monsters seriously. <laughs> I've they... never thought of them as test. They they look like skulls with brains. Like it's weird. I think someone might need to go to the doctor. 
<laughs> but it's a it's it they it they are comical. Like the mm-hmm. the the old Mars attacks, the original Mars attacks stuff was very serious. These were serious monsters. They're not funny at all. But then Tim Burton happened, and then ever since then, I think it was like they were like a garbage pail kids thing. They were, I I thought it was always on that level. I I mean, when they originally came out, they were just like movie monsters, kind of. It wasn't. It, it was not played for laughs. I I have no idea like what from my experience with it was in like i don't know like pulp magazines and or like cards and things i thought it was just like one of those weird things that like illustrators of that era kind of gravitated towards i thought people more or less always didn't take it seriously i mean do you take but any, i any, i don't know the history of it do you take any do you take the i don't know any more m- more monsters from pulp, no. pulp monsters from yeah. the 60s yeah i mean it's like taking fin fang foom seriously of course so i don't know i it certainly wasn't they weren't saying ack 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 and they weren't dressing in drag and infiltrating the presidency which is what they do in the tim burton movie it was presented fairly straightforward i there i don't know if there was tongue-in-cheek humor intended in the original trading cards and all the stuff that's that skewed off of that but i know that since tim burton happened it's very very much less serious and this makes it 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 grounds it in this relationship between his son and his and his dad Mm -hmm. and then and gives us just enough about both of them and then calamity mars mars attacks there's martians let's get out of dodge before and we know we don't want to kill ourselves we're gonna fight even though the grandpa can't move because he's an old man, um, so they get a, wheel, uh, a wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. I don't know. I'm a buy. I like this. This is like I don't no. like it, it. It really doesn't matter. Like it could be any like alien thing. Mars attacks. Mars, sure. Yeah, sure. It's Mars attacks. Whatever. Um, well, it's just fun. It is fun to see Schweizer draw them, and I think that's about it. It is the kind of story that could be plugged in anywhere. But I think but it is, I, I, I enjoy it as well. I'm I'm glad I'm better for having read it. So they did a bang up job on it. But I'm, I'm just straight up a buy. This is a licensed comic I fully endorse. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare when they're actually worth reading. It's all about picking the creative team correctly, honestly. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. And and not um, not a lot of meddling right. or someone who is really good at working around the meddling. Right. That's a double buy on, on Mars Attacks number one. Next up is Dead Kings number one. Uh, Steve Orlando, co-creator and writer. Matthew Dow Smith, co-creator and artist. Colors by Lauren Affey. Letters, Thomas Maurer. I don't even know what Steve Orlando's doing anymore. I just, I really don't. It's like everything is about Russia. <laughs> and polyamory. And fucking killing people, grim and, kind of grim, and, grim, uh, yeah. weird societies, yeah, and cultures. Like, this is this is very similar to the old the other book, the oil book. That, yeah, yeah, with um, the fucking like KGB spook guy. I don't even, or whatever it was. It's, I don't even know. But like this was. <sighs> this just sort of starts and shows me a bunch of things. As if that's a hook, and then 
just delves into i don't know something nearly incomprehensible <laughs> what about the, what about leon the professional the bartender is absolutely <laughs> it is 100 percent jean renault is no longer a fucking frenchman he's goddamn russian Oh God! <laughs> I don't. That doesn't really bother me, honestly. It's it. It does not bother me at all. It's fine. I, I'm happy to see Jean Renault <laughs> show up randomly in places, uh, as is the the fucking like um, uh, armor from the goddamn Tom Cruise movie. Like that's also fine. I I mean, whatever. This book is all right. Um, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Not really. Like I get the the general shape of it, but mm-hmm. like I don't feel like putting in the energy into this weird, like strange, twisted up narrative about characters that they're not establishing why I should care about. Like I I I I can tell you my pro main main problem with this book. Please, please tell me. Okay, I I find I find Russian art especially soviet art really really interesting mm-hmm. yeah you've 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 talked about that i mean you took was it high school or college you took you took uh russian as a foreign language i took I forget russian, that russian, about you russian in college um yeah. they, they certainly did you not say, teach russian when you say and, art you mean russian literature or do you mean liter- all? everything films literature it's an odd thing to me because it's a complete i mean literature i i'll, I'll give you but in terms of visual art it's like a sphere that doesn't even exist for me please continue so i when you set russian russia as a setting as the main setting and then you put it in like this weird post Mm -hmm. i assume there's like some sort of civil war in russia or something that's the best i can guess glean like you said some none of this is strange future dystopia slash post-apocalypse weird shit happening it's, with it's giant clearly... with giant mechs too it's not yeah. even just oh they just had a straight up they fought each other with guns mm-hmm. no they fought each other with like giant robots literally gypsy danger mm-hmm. like literally gypsy danger is just standing in the first page of this book and uh a, a bear robot which i it's kind of that's the other thing is like you show me a big bear robot in the first page, and then oh no, they're all gone now. I'm like, well, that's well, this. I want to see the bear robot. See the bear mech. I uh, I have seen better bear mecha. It's I, not a very good one. I know, but I, I any bear mecha. I'm not picky. I'll take the one any. from Doctor Slump is the right one. Okay, I will have to. We should well, read we'll Doctor s- Slump. I think you would hate it though. <laughs> Good, great. I love to hear that. <laughs> That's great. We should read That's this. You'll so hate good. it. Um, I don't. This main character, dude. I hate him. Don't like. I don't like him at all. I have no feelings about him at all. He he has done nothing that I that, give well, a that, shit about. That's what I mean. He is like this mushy nothing. Yeah. He's he's there's no definition in him. He's like just Plato. He's just like mm-hmm. he's a big blob that they just kind of they hit and he lumps around the page. Like, they present me with Stone Mary, who's apparently this badass lady who everyone respects because she'll kill them in, in a thousand different ways. We get, you know, the professional be- as the bartender. We get a homeless dude who seemingly has at least some kind of personality. But I don't know anything about this guy except he's looking for his brother. Mm-hmm. And his brother is in some kind of camp for degenerates, whatever that means. And he's got to go find him, so he's trying to get this lady's help. 
But then he also has a bomb in his balls. Yeah, whatever that's about. I, I, it, it feels, it feels real. I don't I have no reason to care about him and him trying mm-hmm. to get his brother back. Like, I, he's no. not interesting. I don't like why we see a page of his brother and his brother's just like, oh yeah, his brother is in a camp. I'm like, well, I generally don't want to put people in terrible labor camps. But if you're going to tell me a story about this. You need to, like, tell me why he wants to save his brother other than, oh, his brother was brave and I yeah. wasn't. So. I mean, everything. Oh, God. I mean, and, and anything, any of this that you learned, it's just through dialogue, exposition, dance, dialogue, exposition. I remember the word exposition. Good job. I need to stop forgetting just put it on, that word. Just write it on a post-it note and put it on your monitor. I guess so. That's a good idea. That's what I do when I forget things is over and over again. But then, and the, but then, like the cliff, the, the that's the, the weirdest thing to me is he goes like they spend like eight pages of this twenty-four page <laughs> book of him trying to get in contact with Stone Mary, mm. and then and they spend like four or five pages on a showdown with the, <laughs> the professional and a bunch of thugs at the bar. Then she shows up. Then they are at Patriarch's Pond, which. I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but Patriarch's Pond is a setting in my favorite Russian novel, um, Master and Margarita. Patriarch Pond it centers prominently in that in that novel, and they're talking about people being called devils, which is another Master and Margarita thing. So it feels like Steve Orlando has read Master and Margarita. Uh, at least that's as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. But and he's he's calling it out, yeah, like really loudly. And but then. We spent all this time with this lady, and then she's like, nah. And I'm like, what? huh? Nah. And then he just goes by himself and gets captured. And then doesn't go to the and then doesn't go to the place where his brother is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have the patience for this. That's Hashtag really cool story, bro. I'm like, I just don't I'm like so we're not getting the 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 lady that I actually was like had a smidgen of interest in. She's not coming along, and you're immediately captured, and not going to the labor camp. So the dude I don't care about is getting carted away to some labor camp that isn't the place he needs to be. It is, uh, well, I mean, it's a mistake that so many people make, is start telling a story and giving us no reason to be interested in a goddamn character. Why do I, why do you assume that I care? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, absolutely I, I i think the art is suitable for uh, mm-hmm. i i there's nothing wrong with it i think it looks nice enough but it this again it's just the structure is i i don't i do not i you sh- you show me this lady in the like in the edge of tomorrow suit fighting stuff and she's killed a bunch of people but then mr sad brother man given like long talks about missing his brother and we're all cowards mm-hmm. or i don't know what's going on uh, I I don't care. The, the Simpsons episode where they're at the box factory and they're like, "Is there any candy in these boxes?" No, this is just boxes. Still just boxes. We just ship nails. No, they put boxes in their boxes. They put boxes in their boxes. I believe they're boxes mm-hmm. to ship. Maybe they are nails. I don't. I haven't seen that. I remember nails. I think it's I've seen nails. A, I've seen a lot of uh, Simpsons episodes since that Simpsons episode. It's so true. it's all just a giant Simpsons blob. Mm-hmm. in my head whatever it is there's there's the promise of fun but this no, book is no fun no fireworks factory nope i do not buy dead kings number one that's 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 easy for me 
Mm-hmm. Negative. No. Yet. Yet. Yes, there you go. Double do not buy Dead King's number one. Last is uh, The Whispering Dark, number one, written by Christopher M. Gard, art by Tomas Era, lettering Mar- Moro Mantella. Sure. Sure. A trapped behind enemy lines, uh, Apocalypse Now type story, Heart of Darkness type story, it seems. It's supposed to have that sort of Lovecraftian, hallucinating, cosmic horror shit injected to it. It you, There is that moment it, with that, that monster thing showing yeah. up. So with Christianity, there's a it's a Christian pilot and we're following her along as she's trapped behind her lines, made to do things to survive that she doesn't, you know, necessarily aren't are bad things, basically. Um, there is like there's like parts of this I find interesting parts of it, like on I think it gets like the fundamentals right. But there's just some stuff that is so kind of clunky and so stereotypical, so tropey. That I can't, I just feel hesitant to go. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I feel hesitant recommending it because, like, there's in, there's interesting parts of this, but there's a lot of stories like this. Yeah, and I don't know what it's doing to set itself apart from those. Um, well, that's exactly what I was going to say, which is nothing. <laughs> it, it there's there's nothing wrong with this, but you know, I think we can achieve more than there's nothing wrong with this like this is it's fine it's competent i like you know your your comment about the fundamentals yeah it it reads like a perfectly palatable comic book but i see no reason to throw four dollars at it you know it's okay like but how do i really need you know the the genre of let's mash up HP Lovecraft shit with X, you know. At the end of the day, this is a it's a good looking book about a setting that I could take or leave and characters that I could take or leave and you know I'm not I don't know I think historically I'm kind of down on horror books to begin with so yeah and take I think, that with a grain of salt yeah I think this will be treading the line between you know Walking Dead type horror and mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, I don't really know where it's going to delve into if it's going to, like, go full on. Everyone starts becoming monsters and stuff like that. Or if it's just, you know, standard typical, oh, Christian God doesn't like me anymore because I kill people, which is in here as well. Yeah. But regardless, I I don't know. It's it's I I feel like it's it's going to pull its punches too much. You know, for some reason, I'm I'm reminded of uh, Nameless. Mm-hmm. It's that balls gross out, Chris Burnham book. Balls out crazy. Oh yeah, like if if you're gonna do that, do that. You know, because at the end of the day, Nameless was horrible, but like I'm gonna remember it until the end of my <laughs> days. And like at the very least, your fucking art should do that. I I I think Nameless is. Super fucked up, but pretty good. This I have already forgotten about. I I think I would come back and check out the trade of this. Yeah, I mean, I would I would give it that. Um, it it is you a, know it's a limited series. It's only going to be mm-hmm. four issues, so th- there there's that. It has a finite end in mind, which is always great. Um, 
I would probably wait for the trade and say, oh, we'll see how if if it I think it needs to go in, like you say, it needs to like and that's the thing. I can see a potential for an issue two or three where they just start going all in with the brutality and mm-hmm. the the hallucinations and like you'd have to go really heavy on like there's strong imagery possible there if you want to confound christianity lovecraftian horror and heart of darkness type storytelling you can do all those together and make something really interesting i'm sure and there's potential and that's really why i'd be like uh maybe not i might not like buy issue two three four but i'll check out the trade and like take a look at it see how it feels you know maybe so i mean i don't know if that means that's is that a do not buy so i think i think i am but like i said it's a polite one I would say I'm like a I'm a I'm a pretty mushy buy. I think that in the, mm-hmm. like I would say take a look at it if the if that idea sounds good to you, if it has potential, and then you can you know think about it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. otherwise, you know you can take your four dollars, put them in your put them in a, some other book, spend that shit on Cheetos. And Cheetos are good. They're okay. I like Cheetos. I like crunchy Cheetos. Mm. Don't like the soft. Yeah, no. Don't like the buff. Like I think there's. Why are you gonna? Ugh. <laughs> I wasn't sure which line, the side of the line you came down in, Eric. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you came on down the side of the righteous. I, 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 you, I know what I'm all, I'm all about, son. I got it. So that's a split decision on the Whispering Dark. I think I'm a mush meter of three. Okay. Ultimately, that's it for floppies for nightly for this week we'll have more floppies next time i promise we can move on to our next segment it's time for checking in checking in is the part show eric and i talk about what we've been up to the past few weeks uh we've seen done play read whatever how we spend our time things we'd like to recommend or not recommend even eric what's up what's going on uh toby fox released a new game he did yeah toby fox the uh the author, one of the creators of Undertale, I'm not really sure how he divvies that up, but I th- he's usually known as Mr. Undertale. He kind of sneaked this out and people started sharing it and writing about it. I heard about it on Polygon. Delta Rune. Uh, Delta Rune is what it is called. That's correct. Have you installed it and played it? I have not played it. Did you play the original Undertale? I played most of it. What ending did you get? Did you just? I did not finish it. Oh, okay. I I hit a battle. I, I think I I played like probably. You're not really an RPG guy, are you? JRPGs not often. That's fine. Not. I mean, I, they're just usually I, just I I peter out because they take too long. I well, this it's not a very long game. No, it's I not long at all. The original Undertale is, and Delta Rune is not at all is not long at all. But I I um, it's weird, you know. It um it seems to be. I, i'm trying to think I, I think i i think i should probably be even at this point still largely spoiler free because if you are uh listening to this and you've just found out about it um I, I i do recommend you go play it um it's worth playing it it costs nothing you can just download it and install it um on i'm not sure if it's available for linux or not but it's certainly mac os and, and windows um it's that very Undertale weird sense of humor, uh, but it 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 
he's a good storyteller despite that you know like it's definitely very strange but it manages to i'm gonna say it's not as heartfelt as uh, undertale was but it is like the first small chapter of potentially something larger it is Uh, he's although he has come out and said that is exactly what it is that's what it seemed like but the thing that i'm not clear about maybe you've read it and i haven't i seem to in general miss his his updates um but i'm unclear if he's going to release this as a full game um in in segments or if he's going to just release small games like this and you are just installing and playing all the episodes you know if it's going to have the same release model or if it's going to be no, a new he, game coming out. No, he said that he's going. This is basically a demo. The, the 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 next thing it will be a full game. Okay. And there won't be it won't be episodic. It definitely um tr- still trying to say spoiler free. It definitely has some interesting um improvements to the battle system of the original. Um, it's got some interesting characters and it intersects with the world of undertale in interesting ways they hint at a lot of things um you know you you will see like it's almost like it's told in an undertale alternate universe you know um but it's unclear really what he's going to do with it and that's that's kind of part of the fun i i mean you know it is a little bite-sized adventure um so who the fuck knows what to take away from it um, but it got me like I sat down yesterday and replayed all of uh, the original Undertale and it's even better. It Well, I'd say it's as good as I remembered it because I, I think that the original Undertale is a goddamn masterpiece. It's one of the best games I've played in the past decade. Um, he knows what he's doing. It's good. It's it's good, good stuff on the uh, Delta room train. Just just don't use the uninstaller. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Where'd you hear about that? Reddit. That was a that was a tweet from him. I actually did see. That was on Reddit. Okay, I'm glad that people are. Apparently, it deletes the folder that it's in or something. I don't know. It, it's every, it deletes everything that's in the folder that the game is installed to. So yeah, if it's installed to its own folder, no big deal. If it's installed right. to your your main drive or some shit, then yeah. it deletes a bunch of you know system files not so good it's not a yeah it's not a very smart uh not a very smartly installed uninstaller there no yep, there you go um you finished uh you finished your, your october you finished in october it's finished it's it's called october uh, you fin- did finish october and so did i but I you finished october yeah. yeah that was that was this past wednesday wasn't it Mm-hmm. i did i finished the old inktobers how do you feel about it uh pretty good you know it was a a a really good year for it um i mean you know like other years i'm fonder of some of them than others some of them performed you know on social media better than others but it was nice to have you know no distractions nothing really holding me back and i mean it, it, it turns out when i can focus on stuff it's pretty easy to you know put that time towards drawing the the sad thing is you know 
the, the, I think the reason I like Inktober is it is it is kind of a um, it's a calling, you know, that I I have that focus and I know what I'm doing and I can apply myself every day towards that goal. I have a definitive start and finish and, you know, I can put my time in and be done. And now I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do? I'm happy to have given myself three or four days off, but I got to find something to stay busy with. So it's um, got to do something. I tell you, I wish I could make a book of these things, but I did the math on it. And the book I'd want to make, I'd have to sell like 100 to 130 of them to uh, to break even. And I'm not. I'm not prepared to drop a couple grand on getting books printed yet. I don't try, quite have the clout. You could try Indiegogo or Kickstarter. Yeah, but then I'd have to actually do it. <laughs> like the way a lot of these fucking things work is, you know, you get to the end and, you know, you just swoop in and pay the rest of it yourself. It's better to get $800 of $2,000 than to just you know pay the whole two thousand dollars yourself but no i i i don't have the following currently i don't think i don't think i'd get enough support so i don't feel like uh i don't know that i feel like sticking my neck out there on it i don't know they've been relatively well received it's gotten me some uh it's gotten me some attention on instagram it's been a it's it's been a, a positive uh, season, you know. I just kind of want to keep that momentum going, and maybe we'll talk about doing a, a, a I don't know maybe a a zine or something is the way to go. Something that's not like an outrageously expensive point of entry. Like I wanted to make a nice pr- nicely produced book, you know, I understand. a thing that people would be interested in owning and would be able to would be uh you know would want to own <sighs> hardbound nicer paper etc etc i understand yeah i have the type you have to you want to make a thing you want to put it out there oh yeah it's just but i've 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 sunk a lot of cash into it already and it's a tough position i don't know i have so many friends that they're like yeah i want to sell this back stock so i can make the next thing and it's really hard. <laughs> uh, it's tough. Book publishing in particular, pretty pretty rough. You do not have to tell me about that. Yeah. The cold reality of it is stark. Well, people don't read things. <laughs> people really fucking don't. Most people, no. I think if we were all smart, we would start writing like book porn or bo- or books for kids. That's I mean, those the only are, thing that people buy. Those are romance and uh, yep. YA fiction are the two. Oh yeah, highest selling. Well, I think even even YA fiction, I think, is not. If you're lumping in like kids fiction, like middle grade as well, Brandon Elgemeyer and. Uh, uh what is what's dog man and captain underpants what's that guy's name he's the top seller on scholastic even bigger than rainer please tell me about red cowboys the game red cowboys red dead redemption 2 came out on october 26th have you started searching for cowboy porn no i have not um it is 
but it it is probably going to be by the largest game of the year. Every Rockstar game is the largest game of whatever year it comes out in. They make, you know, they made GTA 5 and they've not made a game since. It's been like three, four years. So they made already Red Dead Redemption 2. I love Red Dead Redemption 1. I thought it was a great game. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel. Uh, you are playing another character, a member of Dutch's gang, who is... Uh, in it's the same gang that your character in the one left uh and so you are you actually meet him and are around him a lot in this game because you're just kind of hanging out in the gang and seeing how the gang works and doing stuff for your gang and etc cetera, etc cetera, meeting all these different characters um it i can't understate how big this game is how monument like how huge everything is how much there is there's so much game here this is the game with the most game that i've ever seen nothing can touch it skyrim is nothing skyrim is like a pinprick compared to the size of this game skyrim is actually kind of small well now it like is, it's yeah. well certainly but god one of my friends was actually complaining about how big the game is this game is the Red yes Red. yes i i yeah. i'm gonna say the same exact thing because I don't think I like this game. <laughs> oh, really? Really? I don't. I've I've played it six or seven hours now. How many? Six or seven. Six or seven. Yes. I one. I it, I and I've only played. I like. It's been a while. It's been like a week and a half, and I just don't find myself wanting to play it. Like I actively am like, oh, I should try it for another hour or two. Oh, I should try it for another hour or two. Oh, I should try it for another hour or two, and. It's a really interesting game, and it has a lot of neat stuff in it. But hey, Rockstar, I don't got the goddamn time for this. I I'm not. I don't know if mm. it's just because I'm an I'm older now, and I realize like, oh fuck, these games are stealing 150 hours from my life that I could use to make things or like have time, like do things with people, um, go out and like take, go on a walk with my wife or something. Uh, I'm surprised you're talking about seeing people. This I, is what, I, who, I know. Who are you? I know. It's, you know, it's a stark, stark awakening. When you live in a place where it doesn't hurt to go outside, it certainly helps. Um, But it's just so slow. Everything takes forever. The, well, the, the, the longer you make things take, the more content you have. I I don't know if, I don't know what the design like why they just like everyone is pushing it as it it improves immersion but yeah maybe it does improve immersion when it actually takes you a little bit of time to skin an animal or mount your horse or 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 travel maybe because you it takes you a little bit of time to do things you go oh it feels more like i'm an actual cowboy you know things are instantaneous it's not assassin's creed where you suddenly jump or you have a falcon that has like laser eyes or whatever but in the same vein in the game is also incredible video game shit that immediately breaks my immersion and immediately goes, oh, this ain't fucking real. This is a bunch of, this is a video game. Of course it is. Because the thing that I think, the, the thing that people were, were flaunting, one of the main features that were flaunting versus Red Dead 1 and GTA and all that, is this kind of conversation option, like a with any NPC in the game, any animal, anything in the game, basically, all you do is you hit L2, or Xbox is a different button. Um, 
you hit L2 at when you're facing the thing and you can either antagonize it, you can greet it, you you know, there's there's contextual options for what you want to do. You know, you can try and steal from someone, you can just say hello. But there's nothing more than that. They they try and act like it's some grand feature, but every single person you run into, it's either you say hello to them or you beat them up, kill them and take their money. Like those are your choices. You do encounter. I mean, that's, that's just like that's just like real life. I can make friends with someone and then make them like like they put such an emphasis on hey you have this gang and you guys are all family, and this is the thing it stood out to me in an early mission like an early NPC mission which as you're driving you're sort of riding your horse around which get Eric if you ever play this game you better love your fucking horse and riding through fucking woods on your fucking horse because that's you do for 75% of the game is you're just riding on a road on your horse doing nothing but riding your horse. And it is, I, I, again, like the 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just stared at Instagram for 10 minutes while I'm riding from this place to the next. I'm like, that's not, I don't, it's like the Zell, it's like uh, people were talking about Breath of the Wild. They're like, yeah. oh, it's so much fun. This is like, it's like real life. I'm like, I don't. I want yeah. I want my video games to be fun. I don't need it to be boring. Life can be boring enough. You know, I wait in line at the DMV. I get it. That's <laughs> real life. Exciting. Have um, you heard of the uh, the Sega Genesis game that Penn and Teller released many many years ago? What Desert Bus? Yes. Yes. I'm well familiar yeah. with Desert Bus, which I I can appreciate the idiocy of that, but they were not oh, trying. Yeah. They were mar- this. They did not have a 200 million dollar marketing budget uh, like Red Dead Redemption Two. And that desert, that's like this, that is desert bus. This, you're just riding mm-hmm. your goddamn horse around, not doing anything. So I was wondering if you were going to compare it to uh, Breath of the Wild because you had similar complaints. Actually, you said it was more the difficulty and the, the, the just belligerent, like making you climb a mountain and then you fall off and have to do a mission all the way over that took you two hours. And yes, it does seem like. It it does seem like it's a lot of very young people with uh, that are marginally employed that seem to be really liking these games and not salty old men with you know that are fucking married and have to take care of things. So, so this is the thing. This is and this is an early mission. Uh, you have a lot I'm, of cats to pet. Is what I'm trying to say. I do have a lot of cats to pet. But there, you run into random NPCs on the road. Yeah. And they're all, and and they'll have various problems, or they'll try and they're trying to ambush you or con you. There's, you know, they have, they're all these, you know, little intricate little experiences with these random NPCs. And you might, you might, if you played the game and played for 150 hours, you might never encounter the NPCs I encountered, or you might encounter them in your first your first playthrough. You don't, you know, it's complete crapshoot. But I, I met a lady who was trapped underneath her horse out in the wilderness. She was just off the road. She needed help. She was trapped under her horse. So I was trying to, I'm trying to play a good guy or, or a noble, a noble outlaw, at least, you know, I do bad things, but I have a heart of gold kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll save this lady. So I help her get out from under her horse. Her horse is dead. Um, and I offer to give her a ride back to town, back to her house. And she's like, all right. So she gets on my horse and we, and you suddenly you get a quest marker and you, okay. So you follow this and they has a little GPS, which again, this is so video gamey. That's the other thing. At least Zelda, like it made you do your own map making in this. It's just like, here's your GPS. I'm like, well, this is so immersive. You literally, there's a path on the, the map that I'm just following so that I can hear dialogue, which is what every quest turns into. You just follow this path on a map and you hear dialogue. So I'm, I'm riding with this lady. 
And she's telling me about why she's out here. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's not safe. I'm like, you know, giving her the old, you know, it's not safe out here for an, a lady riding out here in the wilderness by herself. She's like, well, I had to. I had to go into, I was trying to get a job. My husband died. So it's me and my boy. I need to get a good, I need a job. And I had a job offer in some place. I need to go get it. Blah, 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 blah. And she spins you this really this sob story about her husband dying and she needs a job. And he's like, you probably that job you're looking for is probably a scam anyway. She's like, I know, but I have to try. Like, I need to feed my son. And like it's and like that part is really interesting and really like, oh, that's a nice little story. You get a little bit of dialogue and interesting character from this NPC. And then and by the end of it, I'm like, you know, it'd be great if I could offer her to join my gang. I could take her in because there are there are women and children who travel with your gang. It's like and they try and sell it as it's really like a family. They really we all take care of our own. Like it's the theme that they're trying to reinforce over and over and over again early in the story. So I'm like, it it felt like they were leading me in that direction. Where like at the end of this, I can say, do you want to come with us? You and your son, you want to set up camp with us? Uh, we'll take care of you. You you help us. She says, I'm, I could be a seam. I was like hoping I could be a seamstress. And you're like, well, maybe she could be a seamstress for the gang. It seems like an easy layup. Seems like they're actually leading me in that direction. But none of that happens. I I take her back to town. I drop her off. I say, are you, you going to be okay? She's like, yeah, thanks. And then she walks away. And I go, what was that? I don't, what I, th- th- it just, it's like, it's just empty. There's nothing else there. There's no other, there's no deep, there's, everyone's talking about like the crazy depth of this game and all the things that can happen. But this, this NPC, I go, oh, I guess that's over. It was just a lady I helped. That was, that was worth it. That was worth, and that took 20 minutes out of my life of me picking her up, putting on, she comes on my horse and we just ride to town and it's all completely off the path I was going. I had a mission that I was trying to get done and that didn't, that took 20 minutes of it and out of nothing. She just says, Oh yeah, I'm trying to find, trying to per- take care of my son. My husband's dead. And that's it. I'm like, okay, but why can't I, why isn't there more to that? There's a dude on, and this is the other thing. The controls are the most fucking frustrating garbage that I've, this is a triple A game and I know this is all Rockstar games are like this. They have kind of clunky controls uh, and they don't want it to be tight, I guess. That's what it's explained. It's another more, it's about immersion and all that. So I get called out. I'm driving, I'm, I'm riding down the road on my horse. I get called out by a dude on the side of the road. Uh, some random guy. He's like, hey, thank God you came along. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't. I don't really care if they're good or bad, these NBCs. I just kind of want to see what they do. So I pull off the road um, to see what's going on. Because there's guys coming up behind me. I don't want to get run over. Because guess what? Any incidental contact with your horse can kill the horse and or get you wanted by the law. So I I, I pull off the side of the road. And I'm trying to talk to this guy. But what happens is I accidentally nudge him with my horse. Because I accidentally nudge him with my horse... He, I guess that triggers the, like, the threat thing with this NPC. He pulls his gun on me and starts shooting me. So I'm like, well, I guess that interaction's gone. So I just shoot him in the head. But then, uh, I I just mentioned that there are people behind me on the road, a carriage that's coming along. They saw me shoot him, even though I had nothing, you know, he pulled on me first because I brushed him with a horse. Literally, I just brushed him with my horse. I did not, like, knock him down. He did not fall over. I pulled over to say hello, and then he started shooting at me. I shot him back. Then people behind him saw me, 
And so they thought, they said, oh, they now I have witnesses for murder, because I just shot a dude in the head. So now they go running off in their carriage to go inform the law on me, which is, guess what? Everywhere you go, in every territory, they, if, you know, if you someone sees you commit a crime, they will report you to the law. Then you'll have a wanted level. If your wanted level gets too high, you can't even pay it off. You just immediately get just, just get shot down by bounty hunters. And... Again, the immersion. Maybe some people, I, I know some people find it fun because I see posts all over the internet about, oh man, it's so much fun. I get like, I'm a wanted criminal. I can't go into town without people just yelling at me and shooting at me. And then I go hide out in the woods and bounty hunters come out for me. And then when they come, I kill them and I take all their stuff and I just do it over and over again. But I don't want to have a one. I, if I want to have a wanted level, I can easily get it. I don't want to accidentally brush a dude with my horse, and that turns into a two-hour-long ordeal of me going to pay off a bounty. I have to go go find a post office, pay off the bounty, so literally lawmen are chasing me down as I'm trying to do another mission. I keep getting, like, I just want to play your video game, Rockstar. Can't you just let me play your video game? I don't need, it's Cowboy Simulator 2018. I don't need to know how hard it was to actually commit crimes out in the old west or whatever. Whatever message you're sending, I'm sure you have some grand intent, which is it certainly feels like they kind of have their head up their ass when they're making this video game, which I guess video game reviewers love, but I find it insufferable because I just want to play the video game and they just keep putting things in front of my way. And I don't know. There's a lot of good in it. A lot of in- it's very beautiful. It's huge. There's a lot of interesting systems, and the writing within your gang is really good. I like they have really set up really good dynamics between all these different characters that are in the gang. Like you have this, like this uh, German swindler who, who who basically issues legal loans to people, and then you have to go beat them up to get the money back, and it's all legal. You know, there's the 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 old con man who's like a father figure to you. There's uh, like. A lady, an older lady in the camp who's like the caretaker for everyone. She's like a motherly figure. Like all these interesting little ca- characters and the a web of interactions they have between each other. But it takes so long to do anything. I don't want to play this clunky game for 150 hours, which is what it's going to like 70, 75, 100, 150 hours. I don't want to do that. Like I don't have the patience for it. I have other things I want to do. I want to watch a hockey game. I, I want to write. I need to write. I don't got time. Like, I, I nowadays when I'm getting a game and I go, oh, it's Spider-Man was 25 hours. Perfect. I did 100% of Spider-Man in 25 hours. And it was fun. Imagine that, Eric. A video game that's really, fun. You're not really supposed to enjoy things. That's the, I don't know. That's what, like, I don't know. People are like, either, I, I, I don't know. I, I am just... I, Games I, are supposed to be penance. I, that's it's supposed like, to get you out of purgatory. Yeah, I want escapism in my video games. I don't. Oh yeah, Lord, it's the whole point. I don't want. I don't want to remind. Like I don't know. Red Dead One. This feels like it feels like they just started making Red Dead Two after Red Dead One and didn't look at any of the video games that were b- made in between. Mm. And uh, Red Dead One worked really well because it was made like a decade ago, and we didn't know how to make open world games the way we do now. I don't want 150-hour experience of dreariness and hatred. I think this game would be a lot better with more Draugr. I mean, wait for the PC version. They'll mod them in. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I was going to say what it, it sounds like it needs is some mods to make these things less shitty. Yeah, uh, that's probably uh, my advice would be wait for the PC version when people will mod the controls and mod out wanted levels and want mod out all this other bullshit. Because I don't want it in my game. <laughs> I just am not enjoying myself. I might play it a little bit longer and see if like I break through something like this impediment. But I don't think I'm going to. I just don't think I like this game. And there's so many people are like, I love it. It's amazing. I'm like, I don't know. I don't. They are. It feels just like Zelda because it feels like I'm playing a different video game than them. Yeah. Well, it's just you're a different person. You're in a different point in your life. And you ask me, that's fine. Yeah. We all gotta live our life, bro. I've also I'm also doing NaNoWriMo, which is also how many I mean, words you up to in four days? Um, uh, just under ten thousand. It's pretty good. What's the? It's fifty. Yeah, it's fifty. I've not written today, but I will have an attack uh, on another two grand today. I'm sure. Um, I write more on the weekdays anyway. Weekends just don't have time to write. Um, as much at least. But I'll I'm I'll do it. I'll get it done. I don't it, the finishing a book is not a, a not a problem for me anymore. Like I finished one six days ago, so I'll finish this one too. Good for you. Selling it that just doesn't happen. That's yeah. I mean, you're. Did you ever watch uh, Ivy's uh, Ivy's uh, YouTube channel? She's written and talked pretty extensively about. Um, getting an agent querying all that stuff she's uh she's pretty bright about it yeah i talked i've actually i before we left florida i talked to her i think at one party we were at together mm-hmm. and we talked about it a bit she's a very knowledgeable person just a just a pretty awesome uh person in general i'm a i'm i'm a fan i mean she's she, been a guest ins- on this very podcast she has i think uh we have third book of the faith aaron hicks Mm-hmm. Uh, cultural appropriation saga coming out. We'll maybe bring her ass back on here. Is that the official title? I wasn't aware of that. I, I mean, it's hard for me to remember the Stone Heart or whatever the Nameless third City. book is called. Is, what's the first one? Nameless City. Then Stone Heart is book two. Okay, for some reason I thought the third one was called the Stone Heart. I don't remember what it's called. I'm looking right at them, so it's quite easy for me. <laughs> okay well i'm 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 happy for you my book my comic books are right next to me mine are usually in close proximity to me as well i need speaking another. of which you want to talk about oh, some more comics we probably should we should do that we should talk about some cabin and Hobbs. you sure you don't want to complain about cowboys some more i could oh my god i could i have so much gripes there's so many more i could i could start talking about the fucking buttons Ugh. you god all right we can move on to our final segment it's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is part show where Eric and I assign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like you would at Book Club this week. We are talking about Common and Hobbes. Uh, 1986 through 1990, basically. 1989. End of 1989. Basically four years of comics. Daily comic strips for Common mm-hmm. and Hobbes by Bill Watterson. Did you read all that forward? No, I told myself I was going to go back and read it. It's I've, really- read, I've read him talk about his stuff an awful lot though he was uh i don't know it's weird to look back on this because he was he was such a formula of influence on me that i've kind of forgotten about because i haven't read these in a decade or more i've never read it i've you know i've read i think most people have read strips here and there 
And that's yeah. basically my experience. I've never read a, it was not formative to me. It was just another thing I saw at time from time to time, but it was never a thing I read a yeah. lot of. This was very, very, very important to me. And I, it's not a thing that I really realized shaped me quite as much as it is, but I mean, it makes me think of, it, it makes me think of being a kid, being that age and being also a teenager uh, because I, I associate it more with the 90s and the trades that came out than, you know, the 80s when the first things, the, the first strips came out. Um, but, I mean, we poured over those trades and, you know, it, it makes me think of friends from that era. And uh, it's it, it, it goes deep. He was more of an artistic um, influence on me than I realized because this the it's like a lot of the way certainly when i think about you know being in middle and high school like the, the joke style and the way that calvin acts like i it, it, it i feel it there in my personality even so it these were very very important to me and it's strange to come back to them i don't know where to start um that's fair uh because it, it certainly is kind of tough to talk about. Like, I'll just... A thing that I think is, is very interesting about it is um, he definitely changes a little bit over these two books, which is... I'm, I'm going to probably, you know, delve into the, the second two in my own time after this. It's a, just a nice collection to have all of these complete. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, but the thing that's actually just so shocking about it is how right it was when it in the first strips and how fully formed it is and how how feature complete it is and how it does sort of progress to being more thoughtful and less of just a dumb gag strip and having longer storylines and having deeper things go on but it is, I don't know, like all the things that you remember about it, I think are still there. You know, like I remembered it being this thing that was surprisingly deep and surprisingly artful. And I think it still is all of those things. Like, I don't think that I'm, I have not come back to it surprised that like, yeah, this is not as good as I remember. Like it, it still is. It still is very, very good. Even yeah. like these first strips from what the fuck year is this? It doesn't go back to 82. It goes to 85. Mm-hmm. Um, it holds up. It, no, it holds up remarkably. It, it is not. It is not reflect. I mean, I think that's the thing I took away from it the most. And not that it necessarily like it certainly reflects its era somewhat. Um, yeah, that's I mo mean, mostly because of the culture that it is kind of. Yeah, reflecting. It, but, it, yeah, but I still come away with the fact that this is kind of timeless. It's it it really kind of is. And I and I don't mean even just timeless in that you it is its value as art is timeless because I think that's certainly true. I think you could read this at any point and go, this is valuable. But, I mean, timeless in the like the fact that uh, Calvin doesn't age. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the same. They go on, they go on their camping trip 
years in a row, and he's six every time. Yeah, he, they. Uh, he's 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 in the first strips. He's born in 1979, and from past that, he just keeps. Yeah, they. I mean, they act like it's time. Time progresses, but it, Calvin mm-hmm. doesn't. Calvin and his parents both. None of them do. They're all the same. Yeah. yeah. And they're like trapped in this little this little bubble, and it feels right. It feels right that Calvin stays this exact kid. You know what I would compare it directly to, and I think you're gonna you're you're gonna agree with me. Make can you guess what I'm gonna say? No. First ten seasons of The Simpsons. I would my I would say nine, but fair. <laughs> after my after season after seeing season ten again. I go. I cap it at nine now. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I agree with you. I think that generally that's that's. I think that's accurate. I think that both of them kind of set out. You know, they wanted to make the same kind of statement about um, uh, childhood and community and family. You know, a similar kind of statement. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's really interesting is. That was always like such a weird quirk of uh, Bill Watterson is he never wanted like he says, like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to license it. I'm going to do it exactly how I want to. And I'm going to stop here. And every one of those things the Simpsons didn't do. <laughs> You're 100 percent correct. Yeah. And what do we think of the Simpsons now? It is still somehow wildly popular. Still number one in rated show on Fox. It's on its night. Sunday no night. Doubt. Still number one. No uh, doubt. I don't I mean and I don't know why. I, I mean No. I I watch them. I've I don't know some, why. I've seen some of the newer ones. They're fine. They but some some are. Some are. Yeah. I've I've seen a couple episodes and thought they were good and you know, I've liked things about it, but it's it's not this, you know? This is and I and I hate to it's it's almost saccharine, but this is like such a complete like artistic statement, you know. Mm-hmm. The, I was frustrated, you know, that like, oh, well, we're not getting a Calvin and Hobbes movie or TV show or blobbity blue, but like, I don't know, the fucking like, was Snoopy really made better by being in the goddamn MetLife commercials? Fuck no, you know, like I. I kind of think that it made me a little bit of a prissy artist, like hearing him talk about how he didn't want to sell this stuff out and do all this stuff, you know, and I think for like, I would recommend like nearly all artists to to, like take the payday. Yes. But like, I'm glad that he didn't, you know, I I mean, I'm, I'm happy as long as he's happy with his decisions i'm i'm glad that's really like he's he's done pretty well selling these books because i mean i've fucking bought every one of these strips multiple times over this is a really nice collection where i bought the whole thing for 45 dollars, and they have to be making i'm sure they're making some level of profit printing this book and selling this whole collection for 40 fucking five dollars like that is outrageously cheap, but these books have been sold and sold and sold. It's an it's an odd thing to me. 
He's um, a singular creator. He probably still lives a very humble life, and he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't bask in the limelight. He doesn't do a lot of art for public consumption anymore. It just basically it doesn't matter to him. He's like this perfect little fairy artist. He came out to cobble some shoes together. And, you know, he vanishes. It's it's unbelievable that it exists this way. It it because that that is another like it you have that is like you have Calvin and Hobbes, the art as one thing. And then you have Bill Watterson as another thing. And like the choices yeah. he makes about Calvin and Hobbes. And it the the question that that the, the, the thing that popped in my mind, and I think The Simpsons is a, is a great comparison for Calvin, the art itself, but. I was I when like you read the intro, which is talks a lot. It talks about him just saying, yeah, you know, I I wanted to. I did this comic for ten years, and I thought I did what I had. What I said, what I had to say, and I got out. I didn't, and I didn't want anyone else in the control. I didn't want anyone else to be able to control my art. Like that's why he never licensed it. He's like, I don't want he like he talks about in the intro to in this book, the forward. He talks about how having someone else be able to control his art felt like terror to him or something like it felt mm-hmm. it felt it felt wrong for anyone else <laughs> to be able to control any aspect of it like for the idea that if he licensed it out for toys he wouldn't be in control of what the toys were they would be able to make yeah. just make Calvin and Hobbes toys and they would look like you know they could change his art in some way and it because he couldn't control that message he didn't want to do it yeah i think at the time there was an awful lot of garfield crap everywhere i was about to say jim davis oh yeah no i mean that was his main concern i think was that jim davis was whoring the shit out of himself and there was garfield garbage everywhere Mm -hmm. um and I think that, you know, we hadn't we we had this was a couple of years before the first Simpsons. So, you know, it, w- it was not an apt comparison then. But no, to give the side eye to Garfield and be like, I don't want to I don't want to be like that. I don't want the cheap Chinese knockoff junk. Right. You know, I don't I don't need I mean, and like, I'm kind of glad I mean, you can't tell me that you wouldn't have liked to had a stuffed Hobbs. Oh, absolutely. You wouldn't have thought that was cool. I would still have. I'd have one now. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'd have. I mean, we I'd all have would. all the toys. I'd have. I'd have every. Like, I'd have now. As if I. I don't know if I'd have them when as a kid, but I'd have them now. I'd have a whole. Sh- I have a shelves full of toys. I'd have a shelf of. I'd have a Calvin and Hobbes shelf. I'm sure. So many people mm-hmm. would. So many people our oh, age yeah. would. Yeah. No. I mean, it's. There'd be a there'd be Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. There there would be multiple yes. cartoons. There would be I would have a I, Calvin and Hobbes movie at this point. Oh, there'd probably be more than one. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't know. It's it's like a weird alternate reality you could think of. You know, where he decided, yeah, I'll license stuff out, and he's probably worth ten times the amount of money. And there's a lot of other Calvin and Hobbes stuff out there of varying quality. Yeah, which is probably the part that he so would dislike the most because i think that's ultimately is like i like there's there's no varying quality in his comic it is 
it is great from the beginning and the end to the end. Like you said, there's no there's no run up. There's no like oh yeah. he's, he's turning it into Calvin and Hobbes. It is it comes into fruition. It comes into life. Yeah, fully formed almost. It's very close to the good thing that it is at the end at the beginning. I mean, I would argue that some of the jokes are more successful than others. Uh, I would argue that in the first book, his watercolor is surprisingly weak, um, particularly compared to the stuff later in that book, and certainly in the second book. Well, he mean, um, he even he talks about that actually in the foreword a little bit because he was literally like learning how to watercolor. Oh yeah, no, it's really obvious. Um, I mean, uh, but like, you know, basically you only remember the very incredibly lush like that was that's definitely the thing that I always took away from him is that he was the he was the real artist. That's what everyone always revered him as. He was the real artist doing newspaper strips. And it's, it's interesting that this is it's a lot of dumb gags. It's a lot of weird like subversion of expectations and then the punchline is oh calvin's doing something weird um and that does work a lot you know as it says something about being a dumbass little boy you know mm -hmm. that that i i definitely really respond to and i think um like i if it doesn't remind me of me it it makes me think of like my cousins or their kids. I'm like, oh, your dumb children would act like this. It, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it perfectly portrays mm -hmm. childhood, being a parent, and or and being a parent of those child of those children. Childs, childs. Um, God, like his mom dresses exactly like my fucking mother dressed in the eighties, like. It is so weird seeing it. I'm like, that is 100% how my mom dressed in the 80s and 90s. It's goddamn surreal. It 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 captures it captures time. Hmm. That's what again, like I say, the book is timeless. And in that same vein, I would say this book captures what time is better than. I don't know anything. I don't know about anything else, but as well as anything else, it captures what time means and how what time means to both a child and what it means to an adult to the to his to to Calvin's parents, to mom and dad as they are nameless mom and dad, because it 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 comes back around over and over and over again in, in the strips. Like there's an incredible variety. In the strips, some of them are deep, like this. Particularly in some of the Sunday strips, which are huge and lush uh, and and colored, and they, they they will delve into like existential dilemma as Calvin and Hobbes ride down a, a hill on her sled. But then there's also ones that are just these simple physical gags, little simple jokes about Calvin sneezing. With chewing gum, yeah, he blew his face inside out. Yeah, like, it, like there's and there, you know, and some of it's, it's that incredible variety of some like some are, 
like like various like a child trying to figure out philosophy and then others a child laughing at his own stupidity mm-hmm. and everything calling Susie a booger brain exactly or disgusting her because he talks about maggots in his food or whatever um the the, the it, it just it seemed like a thing that came up over and over and over again it's about time and about how how calvin perceives time and how little time his parents have and how no one f- fully comprehends what their time is you know and how much value it has like it was it was one i i i, I don't know it might not be my favorite but it's one of my favorites it's it's uh, just a single it's a four panel strip with calvin waiting for this for the bus in the rain mm-hmm. and he's like i'm I, I I don't know I can't have the exact words in my head, but it is like he is just like I I am waiting in the rain for a place I don't want to go to, <laughs> and it and it's like I was like that has that encompasses so much experience I've had, you know, so often I'm like oh I'm waiting I'm miserable waiting for a thing I don't want to do. <laughs> That's childhood. It's adulthood. It's everything. It is life. Mm. Forced to do things you don't want to do, and you have to be miserable waiting for them. It's like waiting in line to get the license plate in Texas. <laughs> like in a miserable place for a thing I I need to do, but I don't want to. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do any of this. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just it captures so many of those moments where Calvin's like, why are we doing this? Why is this taking so long? What is with why like and then and then his parents reply is like and Hobbes often because Hobbes is basically a third parent in a in a way he's a caretaker of Calvin as well an antagonist and friend and everything Hobbes is everything um as he's Wolverine kind of <laughs> he 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 never dies he has a healing factor mm-hmm Hobbes does have a healing factor he has claws mm-hmm. Does he have hot claws? He does not have. See that he's he does he's not. I mean, this is this is why he ended the series. He ended the series before Hobbs got hot claws. It's the right thing to do. I fully support Bill Waterson. They, they, uh, the next series is Weapon Hobbs, where it's like uh, it's the Hulk Hobbs. I mean, they already made that. It's called Weapon H. That that is directly what I'm referencing. You silly goose. I don't know. It's just it, and then you know, but all of them replying back to him about how he doesn't understand how fluid time is and how quickly it will go, and how quickly I don't know. I it, it feels a lot of this is just Bill Watterson's philosophy poured out on the page. It really does feel like that, and it varies from this very wistful, um, very thoughtful, smart. Um, a very a very intelligent uh person to like this just old man get off my lawn sense it's sensitivity and i want to say he couldn't have been older than 30 you know when he started this i'm not sure how he was in 1985 uh he was 1985 he was 28 years old yeah so he was a he turned into an old man pretty uh pretty fucking young i'd say because he, he's got a lot of that, you know, these damn kids' sensibility. 
And sometimes, sometimes Calvin is turning up his nose at kids. And sometimes he's like, yeah, I have no attention span. Feed me sugar. Rah. And it's, it, it's a little, meh. I, uh, I, I think we've, we've heard it. I mean, I, I, I don't mind it. I can live with it. There's enough, I think, quality and good things happening. You know, I've never, I've never heard a woman's perspective on these strips. Um, I think that it's beloved by many, but I think it, it, it is about boyhood. Um, so I really like, I wonder, I don't know. I, this is uh, obviously extremely anecdotal. I was having dinner last night, uh, and with, and, uh, we were talking about Calvin Hobbes and there was a, mm-hmm. a, a, a woman and she, she enjoyed it. She enjoys Calvin and Hobbes. Everyone, everyone at the table, like Calvin and Hobbes, unsurprisingly. Oh, yeah. But, but one, I, that's an uh, opinion of one. She thought Calvin and Hobbes was great. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. It does feel like that there is, because, you know, so often the, you know, topic of girls comes up, ew, they're gross. And he, you know, wants to discuss them and, you know, her throw snowballs and be be that kind of boy you know be that what we mm-hmm. i what the i that i that that version of boyhood that is propagated socially mm-hmm. for our entire lives and still is i don't know if that's necessarily good or bad i think it's good in some ways um but bad in others but it, it does i mean I, I think ultimately it's honest in that yeah I think that's Bill Bill Watterson, I think, does, like, if anything else, like, along with his beliefs about licensing and his art, I feel like he was always portraying honesty. That the, the All the art, all the comics, all the strips are all true in, in different ways. True to him, certainly. I mean, I, I definitely always read the... Um, I definitely read all of that stuff as um he realized how bad it it was and looked like it's never really presented as like a positive thing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like the obvious uh misogyny and and all of that stuff like he was um you know he was probably 90s or 80s 90s woke like it was obvious to him but you know in the story the mom is still like it never occurred to me that she is a homemaker. Yep. Like it seemed really obvious to me. The dad is a patent lawyer and she is a homemaker. I never realized that she was a homemaker. I just always assumed she had a job. But uh, on this, this rereading, I, I recognize he is a patent lawyer as he calls him a lawyer in one strip and he's in an office reading a bunch of boring patent shit. So yes, and and Uncle Max was written out because he the, the parents don't have names. I mean, canon- did your parents canonical. have names when you're six? Uh, I I mean, I learned them eventually. I know some I mean, kids. Some kids know. <laughs> I don't think I. I, I mean, don't. I can't remember. I don't have a lot of discrete memories of being six years old. I don't either. But I don't. I I vague, I like. I don't. I know that whenever I heard my parents called by a name, mm-hmm. it felt alien to me. Yeah. It felt like, no, that that is not, 
that is not Bud. That is my dad. That's dad. That's not. Mm-hmm. Why are you calling him? That's not his name. His name is dad. So I. Yeah, there are mom and dad. That's good enough titles for them. It's good enough names for them. Because we don't see. We honestly barely see. They're like, we see them occasionally without Calvin around. But largely they are defined by their parenthood. And I think that just goes back to def- like what you're talking about that when we started. Like this book does define parenthood in a lot of ways. Calvin's dad is the most fucking dad that has ever happened. <laughs> he is, he a, is so fucking dad. It's insane. The the Socratic ideal. Yes. Of dad. He's the dad. Don't, don't you mean the platonic platonic ideal? Was, yeah. Yeah, probably. <sighs> I you, was, you mean like the pure idea? It's platonic. Yeah, there we go. That. He is that. I actually, I think the Socratic something is something else, and I, I couldn't tell prob- you what it is. I probably guess. I, I it, it's 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 just like the Platonic, except you wrestle. <laughs> well, I might be more interested in that. That sounds like you. It is. Uh, he, but he is. They, they both are. Honestly, I would. Yeah, they are both. They are both. He's super, super dad. And she is super mom. She is that the very momish thing. I kind of I kind of see she kind of subverts expectations, though, in a lot of ways, because, you know, like, I think the most mom thing, at least for me, is, you know, it's very patient and, 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 and nurturing and whatever. And I think that we only get a little bit of that in a lot of ways. She's just a very exasperated parent because he's such a friggin' hellion i mean that's Um, what i mean like i don't if i i assume that she is like we i i think we see enough of it enough of her patience and love obvious love for for calvin Mm -hmm. that you understand that her anytime she's not doing that is just her deal her reactions honest reactions to the constant insanity that is calvin I I just feel like that's the majority. T- to me, I I this is my own personal bullshit, but it just it it seems like we don't get that at first. She seems like I guess even more of a character. I mean, they all kind of evolve into more characters. Like you you get to this like weird thing that like like Calvin's dad is like so fucking masochistic about his hobbies. Like, he fucking loves camping in the rain and fucking bicycling during rush hour traffic and, and, and falling into, like, briar patches and just, just being goddamn miserable. And apparently, like, he looks just like Bill Watterson. Like, Bill Watterson is Calvin's dad with a mustache. So I, I have to wonder, like to me that's he he is just bill watterson's distilled slightly comic personality i mean he's i mean bill in, in the intro of the forward he's like Hobbs. he's mostly Hobbs, and calvin is like his most psychopathic parts distilled mm-hmm. oh i mean that you know it's any writer he's gonna be every character what i uh i uh i've always seen him as the as as the dad like, I think that certainly at this age, he's probably a lot of that. But I wonder if he is as big a troll as um, as Hobbes is. I mean, 
for me, it's hard to see him being, I don't know. He is like, he is like a born curmudgeon in my mind, you know? I, I mean, he was a, he was pure grump at 28. I would, if you want to, like, I feel like Hobbes is dad. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hobbes is, and dad are, like, I feel like when dad's not around, that's what Hobbes is. I mean, I they, yeah, you, they, you said that they make I, uh... they make they make jokes about it um, at times, or like you know, uh, Calvin himself he makes he calls he calls his dad while he's at work and asks some dumb questions, and then he makes jokes about oh well I know like uh, you don't feel too guilty about you know leaving me alone and being at work all the time and never seeing me etc. Like and then he hangs up and they play it off as a joke, but. Mom is much more of a character because, frankly, she gets a lot more time. She is mm-hmm. she's around more often. Uh, Dad is there. He's usually sitting in a chair reading the paper, and he gets bothered, or he is that masochistic camper. But in most the most of the strips, if if it's a mom and dad strip, it's mostly mom. And I think Hobbes is a sort of substitute for Dad in a lot of ways. Mm. I mean, it's. I'm drawn to that idea. I just Hobbes just creates so many problems for him. It's hard for me to see him as that caretaker. Well, I mean, you know, I, I he feel... sees the troll. He's the jerk. Like I, the the idea of um, you know the 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 slightly absent father. Like I I I get that. I get you know creating this friend to make up for these things being not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, and, and, it's it's an interesting idea, and I don't necessarily mean that Hobbes is like a father figure, but he is a substitute, someone who will be there, who will play mm-hmm. play ball with with Calvin. Mm-hmm. We know, mm-hmm. like they there are so many, there's so much sports going on with Calvin and Hobbes. Like they play, like there's so many strips that are involving them playing football, playing baseball, playing whatever together croquet croquet yet we never see him do that with his dad there's no catch. he never plays catch with his dad he plays catch with i want to say it happens but you're correct it does not happen in these first two books And, and you know it's not necessarily just strictly oh he needs to take care of me it's also like just give me attention Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. god knows calvin needs fucking attention kids don't act the way calvin acts that's called negative attention getting and he definitely he's got some fucking add or something the poor kid <laughs> yes kids are not bad unless they're made bad there's evil in this but one. i mean like his parents don't particularly i don't know they don't seem bad or abusive the dad's kind of not around enough the mom seems very nice and attentive mm-hmm. she's I doing know. she's like, doing I, her best yeah, no, she is like, but I think that it's it puts a lot too much blame on the fact that he's young and stupid and high energy. He, I, I think it's it's a little it's a little unfair, but, but you know you can't really apply too much logic to this fucking gag strip where his character is that he is like the nineteen eighties and nineties version of Dennis the Menace. Mm-hmm. It it you again it, you. You can't analyze it too deeply, but I feel like no. it because ultimately you have to, you know, there a comic strip about a calm, collected, shy kid who just reads a lot. 
not super entertaining, at least not at face value. Mm. You need to have some. You need to have tension. <laughs> I don't know why you got to call Mega Tokyo out like that. You haven't read Mega Tokyo. I have not. Do not. <laughs> not good. I'm going to say that most web comics from that era are not good. Okay. I think like I I've come around to the uh, the fact that Penny Arcade is quite terrible too. Even modern ones, fucking terrible. I don't know. I think we just were really hungry for comics and free content in that era that we would read the worst shit that there was. I mean, I I think that early web comics in particular the ones like Penny Arcade, for example, are appealing to th- uh, to an audience that n- were never got anything for them in, yeah. in comic, like in comic strip yeah. form. Like you look at Sunday comics up to the internet, they are this, they are like a few diamonds in the rough, and then it's full of Beetle Bailey and like stuff that's been recycled a hundred times in a row, and your Nancy mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just you know, you know, like they're they're gags, but. There's nothing about internet culture. There's nothing about youth culture. There's not, mm-hmm. there's not, it's all the jokes are no. on ex, at the expense of youth culture. No, I think basically all, all we got was Calvin and Hobbes. Yep. <laughs> basically. You know, and, and that was the thoughtful, nerdy thing. And even it was, you know, I don't know. Watterson pretty much always was this grumpy old fuck. But definitely the fucking guy that wrote Snuffy Smith had to have been born 88 years old it's like reading archie just over and over and over again all this stuff is it's pure archie it's pure like 60 year old man trying to write a teenager and like all the jokes are making fun of teenagers like i sure am dumb yuck yuck yeah that's the sound that you make when you're dumb oh i didn't know that um yeah you go yuck yuck um like goofy is that yeah poor goofy yeah he lost his wife, you know. I mean, I suppose that's true. She was trampled to death at a Powerline concert. Some say he killed her. Gorsh, this sure got dark. <laughs> I'm just saying. There was, if you look at all the evidence presented, it's it makes oh, a compelling God. case. Have you ever seen that fucking comic strip that, um, shit, what's that idiot's name? Oh, it's the guy that, like, came up with the concept for Bright. I can't think of his fucking name. He's got a Max Landis. Mm-hmm. Wrote a fucking comic strip about an aging Mickey Mouse going out and fucking raging with Donald and Goofy. It's so fucking weird. I am. I'll, I'll pass. You can pass on that. It's fine. I, there are, there is literally a modern, a modern Mickey Mouse cartoon put out by Disney where... Mickey and Minnie go on a date. I, I think. Are you it, talking about the new, like yes. the new Mickey Mouse adventures? They're yeah. cute. What do you got? What do you got? What What's your problem with them? I'm saying there's a short where Goofy eats them and they have a date inside of his stomach. That's okay. You <laughs> did not say those words. And then they have sex inside of his stomach. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call shenanigans. I'm not. I, th- this is on not me. Last this, I, bl- I, th- what, I had the same reaction you did when I saw this on Tumblr for the first time. I'm like, this is a bunch of bullshit. They make all this. There, this is exaggeration. Then I watched it. I watched the entire thing front to back. It is that is literally what happens. Feel feel free to send that to me. <laughs> okay. Because I I need to 
I I need to see this cursed thing. <laughs> it, it really is. It feels like like it doesn't belong. It doesn't come from this earth. And yeah, it, it comes it, from the, it comes from the AU where everything is even somehow worse. It comes from the dark verse or something. I don't know. I think we're we're slipping into the dark verse. That that's why we have to cling to. That's why we have to cling to Calvin and Hobbes this much more. It, it is so pure. Yeah. It, yeah. Because Ca- Calvin is just this. He is a hellion, and there is multiple points in this. And like, if this is my child, and he did this, th- these things. Yeah, f- like frequently floods the bathroom, tips a car into a ravine, breaks a six hundred pair, six hundred dollar pair of binoculars. Um, what the fuck else does he do? And what do he, you remember? Oh, I mean, those are certainly highlights. It's just, it, I mean, it's just wanton destruction of, and like, as maybe it is just as we have, as I have, as we have gotten older, I've gone and you realize like, oh man, a plumber costs like, t- like $2,000 if you do like sometimes if you, if they, if he did some, some of that damage to the house could have cost thousands of dollars to fix and you're like oh i can't i can't imagine having oh i have a child and he just destroyed my house and it's i don't have the how i don't have water now because of my kid how often did that happen in the fucking simpsons i mean you just gotta shrug it off yeah it's not it's not reality bro i know it's not real this is a comic book what (laughs) this is an auto i thought this was an autobiography drawn it is in act all this act like there literally was hobbs is a real animal Mm -hmm. he's a real guy hobbs is real anime is real i didn't say anime i said animal but sure anime is real there is yeah there's i'd be remiss if i didn't bring it up there's one panel and it's in i think the first book i want to say it's in the first book because i took a picture of it and i only did that for the first book when i was reading it um there's one panel where we see Hobbes's thought bubbles and it's kind of not even fourth wall breaking but like the other thing like it kind of breaks the kayfabe of you know him being a stuffed animal and the stuff only existing in Calvin's imagination I mean Calvin can imagine a character imagine Hobbes imagining or thinking oh I know but like it's silly I mean it's not real bro Hobbes, Hobbes literally attacks him and hides it by not having a, a coat and boots to take off and, and, and thinks that thought. I mean, yeah. It sounds right to me. Yeah. It's not any particular particularly deep, but it's one of the things that has stood out over years to me that like that you don't get to see thought bubbles from Hobbes that often. I wonder if he called it out because one of the one of the additions, because I had probably two dozen I swear to God, there were like an infinite number of these fucking books laying around. They're probably still at my parents' house. But one of them was like the annotated. Mm-hmm. And maybe it specifically calls it out that he's got a thought bubble in that. Maybe that's why that's always stuck with me. Certainly like the sneeze strip he he calls out in particular. I think maybe he contrasted that with the one also in this collection where He's talking about his grandfather that I think we never see um, complaining about the newspaper strips. And it's like this meta joke about how like it's just this lazy four panels. They're just standing there. Every panel looks identical. 
and they're just saying a bunch of words. You know, and the, the meta joke is like, oh, well, cartoonists are lazy like that. Um, he contrasted that one about how it was mostly about the writing versus how the sneeze one was just him trying to really push the art and do something weird. He, I mean, I think that that's that is what the strip is. It can it is everything like artistically, not mm-hmm. just not just like, oh, it, it touches in different themes throughout the story, but. His art is some of the Sunday strips are like these lush paintings of like space adventures and stuff. Mm. And then other times it's the just one, these the like one where he's the one where he's a god has always stood out to me. Yeah, that yes. And like Kirby esque almost of these mm. like giant, like crazy figures, like um, like ominous obelisks just standing. And then others are just like, you know, simple, like. Calvin just like repeated in four panels with minor variation and him making a very simple joke at the end. And it it, it is it very feels like Bill Watterson just kind of went where the wind took him. He's like, this strip needs to be very colorful and big. So that's what it is. And other ones are like, no, this one can't. It, it works best when it's simple. So that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I know that's part of the beauty of it. He knew what he was doing. He knew what what the fuck he was doing by the time he got there. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's just a it's just so nice to read. Yeah, that's what I. That's ultimately like how it makes me feel. It just makes me feel like nice. It just feels feel good reading it. it just it's just it's it. Despite the fact that Calvin is a hellion and a monster at times, it's still like just the the the. It's kind in the end. It's kind and sweet and nice, and it shows this family who love each other. Do you usually laugh when you read things? Not often. I, I don't either. I, I laughed reading these. I'm not going to say it every joke, because I feel like, you know, some of it is kind of, you know, the punchline is, is often, oh, Calvin's doing a weird thing. He's going to jump off the roof. He's going to blah 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 mm-hmm. you know but sometimes it really did it did take me by surprise or a face was really funny or a punchline was was particularly like just hit me just right but i mean he really did have a good knack for it yeah it 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 is genuinely funny and it is genuinely sweet charming it feels like so much of those the the books that are like in vogue nowadays you know, the ones we are reading more and more often are that are just kind of escapist fun. They're not, I don't know, anything more than that. But this book is more than that, Mm-mm. which is hard to do, I think. Yeah. I think he had he he had a short and long view, you know? Yes. He knew the overall statement that he wanted the body of work to be to, to do, you know, he um he he knew what he was all about, you know, mm-hmm. he, he like all the things that we're talking about, you know, being a parent, being a child, being a young boy, like he, he, like that mission statement is in every strip. So he could sit down and do a dumb gag about sneezing or pretending to be a pterodactyl or um pretending to be god or a a tyrannosaurus or or whatever he's doing Mm -hmm. and it all it's all 
part of that mission. It's all part of that statement. So I think that, you know, it's bigger than something that's just fluff. You know, someone that's just like, I'm going to draw some pretty clothes and do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like it's simultaneously shallow and deep, you know? And you 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 have to you have to swim through a lot of it and it starts to it starts to really add up you start to really see it you know yeah the, all the all the strips are a bigger strip mhm it's all a, it's a bigger picture when you start piling them on top of each other it's worth reading by everyone we really like to see what younger people in particular think about it because this this <sighs> I mean, it was so formulative and important to me. And, you know, Calvin is like at his youngest or his oldest, excuse me, in the first strip, he would be a year or two older than me, you know. So it, it I feel like this definitely reflects how my life was when I was a six year old. <laughs> it was a lot like this. I was considerably more well behaved, but uh it was a lot of this. It, and I wonder I wonder how young folk would relate to this. It's hard to say. I would I would like to see how it holds up with people. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of very universal things, you know. Mm-hmm. At least I would like to see how um you know, young men relate to this. Is there anything else you wanna add here? I don't guess so. I think we've gotten a pretty good discussion out of it. Yeah. I think so. So, it's Calvin and Hobbes, The First Five Years, uh, by Bill Watterson. I, we both recommend it wholeheartedly. You should go read it if you haven't. As if it wasn't really obvious. If it wasn't obvious. We make that very clear. Clarity is valuable. Our next book, in two weeks' time, we will be talking about Mr. Miracle, finally, in its complete form. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a long time. I, I've been putting off reading the books because I want to read them as a whole thing. And I, I don't know. It's the, the Tom, those Tom King 12 issues. It feels like he's getting, he's, he's gotten it down to a, to a, a to a thing, to a f- perfect format. And I'm in Mr. Odds, them to them do together, them, them certain kind of magic. So I'm really looking forward to talking about it. But that will be uh, the 12th issue will be coming out the, the week prior to our episode being dropped. So go out there and read them. We, we are not waiting for the trade. We are jumping on it. We want to we want to talk about it. We've been waiting. I know I've asked about it many times. Well, that'll be next time. Uh, we are the Hands of Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Links to Facebook, facebook.com slash handsboyscomicshour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out, like us, follow us, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about us. All those things help us out, help out the podcast, help us find new listeners. We like that. We appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see the other things I am uh, get up to by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and Twitter. I'm known on both as EZ Goodnight. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.